0: Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you.
1: This week's message titled Coronavirus from Curse to Blessing by Pastor Walter Arias. This week's topic Coronavirus from Curse to blessing, speaks of the earthly reality and the spiritual reality. Let's listen to the message and may God bless you. And if you please look for your Bible, if you're so kind for now, you keep, you go looking for a a text in Romans because we want to have a teaching there. And in the book of Romans, you're going to position yourself in chapter eight. Chapter 8 of Romans. So please look for it. And while you look for it, allow me, I want to speak a little bit to all. And I want to speak that the human being, the human being has had an excellent adaptability through the history of mankind. The humans have been able to adapt and live in the most remote places in extreme climates. They've had the capacity to live in long periods of time by history, humanity, we've seen the humans, see them exposed through the climate changes and they have adapted to the political changes, to the social changes, to the I- changes of ideals, the changes of government, changes of culture. And in spite of all those changes that humans have been subject to, in spite of all those changes that are extreme, we have seen a humanity prevail we've seen a land continue forth. And then I said, how much more the people of God, knowing that we are part of this humanity, part of the history of humanity, if something that we've seen is a church coming and going forth in advance in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of persecution, in midst of the difficulties of the times, if something that has happened to the church is that the church has prevailed. The word of God says, That darkness shall not prevail against the church of the Lord. Amen. So we see a humanity that is that is very capable of supporting those extreme situations. It's very important to see how we see and how we appreciate the things that happen around us. It's very important to see life and listen well through all the possible angles. Now that for some become so difficult, but behind that difficulty, there could also be a great blessing or a great opportunity. And I explained in a way and allow me the example, the dead person for the family, person who dies for the family to pain, but for that, that dead person for a funeral home, it's an opportunity for business for what person is a need for another person. It's an opportunity. And before that topic, of major interest that we have that is happening now that has called the attention that has centered the mind of all humans of coronavirus. I see a need as pastor to share a word, to share a word about hope than fear, because there's a lot of words already going, many words of things. Putting people that we're in the end times, that everything is going to be finished. And if I look at the word and the prophecies, and if I look at times like Jesus announces it, that then it's still not the time. So it is not time yet, church. It's not the end yet. This is a word of hope for those that are present, those that are absent. It's a word for hope because my responsibility as pastor is to give you a truth that is biblical and you have a lot of news to not tell you one more. I think it's very important what scripture brings us in this day. Fear cannot be the flag that the church raises. Fear cannot be the flag that we raise up. It's sufficient with social media. It's sufficient with what non-believers say. It's sufficient what people that don't know the Lord say. Fear cannot be our flag. But yes, the flag of prudence, we can raise that. The flag of prudence because we're prudent beings. We're not silly or foolish people. We need to be prudent. We need to be sensible. That's the flag that we wave. But we can't wave a flag of fear. We have to lift the flag of hope as a church. Our responsibility, our opportunity is to lift the flag of hope in the hearts and to conquer hearts with hope of God, to conquer society with hope of the word. Conquer society saying, look, behind all of this, God is going to do something miraculous and wonderful. That is our responsibility. And I want to touch the topic today that has a title, Coronavirus from Curse to Blessing. But the word today has as an intention to bless the minds of everyone. And allow me to pray. Good God, before you, we cry out to you when we put this time of the exposition of your word. Understanding us, understanding that you allowed us to come to the throne of grace. And to be able to worship you with song. But today... We also come to receive your word. And I ask that all the listeners in this moment, wherever they may be, those that are here present and those that are watching through the Internet, that you give the person, Lord, that they could receive it in their heart, that they could understand it and that they take it as a flag or a banner. And you give me the boldness as it suits in the name of Jesus. Amen. Coronavirus from curse to blessing. And with this, I don't wanna pretend to be indolent before the situation or indolent of the people that have been infected by this virus, or for those that maybe their loved ones have died, nor do I wanna not, I don't wanna ignore the financial impact that this has made to many people. I don't wanna be indolent to say that coronavirus from curse to blessing. but personally I'm also a person that's affected like any other family and in fact responsible of a church of a mission but I also see a need that's pertinent of everything that's being presented. but my reality is founded on the word of God. the responsibility, my responsibility as pastor in this moment, is to say something to you that is here or you there that is watching to say a truth that is scriptural. Because we understand that there's a world situation, but before this, there has to be a heavenly portion. And let me say, touch on a word. Let me touch on Romans 8. And there, I want you to see in Romans 8, verses 26 to 28, what does the word say? What does it show us and teach us? Here, it speaks of a earthly reality, and a heavenly reality, and it says there, likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And verse 28 says, if we can make emphasis, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And this topic of coronavirus, of curse to blessing, I want to speak of the earthly reality and the heavenly reality. It's there in the text. It speaks of two Atmospheres, the earthly reality, verse 26 says, likewise, the spirit also helps us in our what? In our weaknesses. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Scripture shows a reality that is earthly for humans. Not only for the unbelievers, not only for those that have not drawn close to God, not only for those that don't know of God but for the same church, because the church is not stranger to what happens on this earth. The reality, according to scripture, is that we are beings that are weak. All of us that are here, all of us that are in whatever place, we're part of a humanity that if something it has, it's weakness for as strong as it may consider itself. Weakness is for as great as they may think. Weakness is part. Of our earthly reality. Scripture reminds us of this. Now you have seen it there. It says of a condition that is earthly. The church is weak. It's fragile also. We are living beings. The church. We're part of the body of Christ. Yes. But we're on this land. We are still of flesh and bones. And with feelings and emotions. With thoughts. And in our mind. Many things pass through. There's thoughts of conquering, but there's also thoughts of pain and of sadness. It's to say that we are weak. The fragility and weakness is a design of the human being. For as strong as a human has been, they continue being weak. For as rich as they could have been, the poverty is right around the corner. For as much as they want to live, they always end up dying. And for as many empires have been lifted up, we have seen them fall. Humans have achieved the most advanced medicine, and a microorganism put it in check. The richest countries of the world lost control of everything. The cities that did not sleep today are obligated to do so. Everyone who feels autonomous and independent, realize otherwise. If something the Bible shows me is that humanity is fragile. All of us are weak and fragile. That is our earthly reality. The fragility and the weakness. But scripture also reminds us right there that we have a reality that is heavenly. Listen to me, church, and listen to me, those of you that are watching. The second point that I want to touch on, because the church of God, as part of this humanity, in confronts problems. It confronts all types of problems, not only coronavirus. Because we're not an exception. We're part of humanity. But the church has a helper. Listen well. If something that we have in a great blessing in every situation is that we have a helper, please pay attention. We have a helper. And scripture says it there. And the Holy Spirit is that helper that the Bible describes to us. Because it says there. The spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. We already spoke about weakness. We understand it. We suffer it. We live it. But we also have to live the heavenly portion. The spirit helps us. We're not without hope. Church, wherever you may be, you're not without hope. Even though there's coronavirus, even though there's so many problems, and allow me a pause. I was listening to... Um, a a doctor that said that he said daily 1,200 people are dying from malaria in the world. Why? 1,200. Let us calculate. That's daily. That's a lot. So there's a continuous death. There's tragic deaths. There's fires. There's wars. It's not just coronavirus. But we, the church, we have the Holy Spirit that helps us. In that weakness, and that's where I want to central on, is a helper. A helper that intercedes for us, that knows our prayers. It's a helper that sees the most profoundness of your need, the most profound part of your thoughts of how you want to communicate with God. It's a language that we use in our earthly language, but scripture says that how we should pray, how we it suits we don't, but the Holy Spirit that takes our prayers and takes them in the correct language to God because God searches everything. So we have a helper. You that are the church, if you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you have the Holy Spirit, the helper within you. This time, this time of affliction is a reality. But we also have to take out what the Bible teaches us, is that there is a helper within us. You and I, as believers, we have hope. We have a promise. And we can't live like we don't have it. Look, all this situation has to move us, and our faith has to be tested. And it says, through fire. And let me say a promise And say, if we say amen to this promise, because this promise is for us. And in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10, it says there in the word of God, fear not. How does it say there? Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I would ask myself, then what part of that don't we understand? Because it's a reality for the church of God. It's a promise that he is with me. So if difficult times come, adverse times come, weak times of fragility, it says, don't fear. And if those, it says, be not dismayed. And and he says, remember, I am your God. Church, you have God. You have God. God is for you and for me in the midst of the situations, in the midst of adversity, And sometimes we have a gospel that's twisted, almost like if we were immune to everything that's bad. No, on the contrary, we're in this world. And if something that the world has, it has situations and sickness and has wars and has problems, but we are the church that we have to have clear that we have hope that there's one with us, our helper, the Holy Spirit of God, that God promised him to be with us in difficulty in the problem. Let us not walk in fear. Let us not only because coronavirus and so many other things. And what am I going to pay with this? And how am I going to resolve this situation? And how am I going to do this? And my business is going to go under. I know I'm conscious of all this. As pastor of this church, I have to make a thought and an and analysis. And what are we going to pay the responsibility, the financial responsibilities with the bank and everything else that an operation like this takes on? But I remember what the Bible tells me, fear not. And if something, it's a word of hope for everyone, for you there that are watching. The Lord says, fear not that he is with you, that he's going to strengthen you and he's going to help you and he's going to sustain you. That's what the word of God says. Amen. Who says amen to that? The heavenly reality teaches me that we're not alone. That we have someone that listens to us. If you have Christ in your heart as your Lord and Savior, then you have someone within you that listens. Someone within you that intercedes, that helps you, and takes this in a correct way to the Father according to Scripture. We have an ear in heaven for your need and for my need. The helper. It is proven that not... nor finances or the economy or life depend on me or you. In fact, everything depends on God. And if to this moment you have lived till God, and I always take this in my heart, if till this moment you have lived for God and you have been faithful to his word, if I live my life well, if I take care to live correctly, to be faithful to God in his word, then I don't have to worry Any more about what's not within my reach. Because I can be, listen, in the control of what is my part, my responsibility as a son of God. Your responsibility as the church, wherever you are. You, you're responsible as your son or daughter of God to do what's right, what's good. To live a life that pleases God. And from there on, it doesn't depend on you or me. And then I ask myself in this moment of coronavirus, of this moment of panic, worldwide panic. Have you done what's right before God? Have you lived your life pleasing God? Because if you've done it, then you have nothing to worry about. On the contrary, if you see that you're not doing things right, that you don't honor God with your lifestyle, then you have to be worried. Because in the end, life doesn't depend on you or me. But yes, our responsibilities before that, I have to be conscious. God will take care of your interests. God will take care of my interests. If I've done what's good before God, if I honor God with my life, I am convinced that he will take care of me, that he will do it. How? I don't know. But for me, is a correct way. For God, maybe it's a different way. My way of negotiating or taking my finances or dealing with the responsibilities is my way but God may have a different way, and I have to have peace before that. If I've done right before God, he will take care of the rest. Believe that God is going to take care of your needs and your interests and live with hope, and allow me to say the following, that from the exodus of Egypt, the Hebrew people, from their exodus of Egypt to the promised land, in the time in the promised land, if something happened, if something the Bible shows me is that God always made marvelous, extraordinary things for them. Things that they didn't see coming. Things that in their mind, in their reasoning, they didn't have a way. But God did it. Because he's the God of the extraordinary. Because they, they have. It's the same God they had that we have that gave those ten plagues to free them from slavery. Oh, you don't remember that when they were in Egypt. And when they came out, God opened up a sea where there was no bridges. And one day God provide in the wilderness with a pillar of a cloud and at night a pillar of fight, fire in those 40 years in the wilderness to direct them, to show them the way. Heaven provided manna, bread from heaven. And when they wanted something more than bread, he gave them quail. <laughs> He sweetened the bitter waters. When the waters that they found it was bitter, he sweetened them. But it also says that even from a rock, he provided pure water. Shows me a God that is miraculous and extraordinary. In every crisis, the Hebrew people had it in their transition or in their exodus. It's not different. Our God. It's the same God. And he stopped the river so that they could pass on dry land when they found the promised land. Let me tell you, church, today, and perhaps this word, that God always did something new and extraordinary for his people. And we are people of God. And he's going to do something new and extraordinary in your personal situations with this crisis that has been presented and has come. God, if it's something he knows how to do, is to surprise us. Because if it was our under our own control then we don't need God. That's why the text speaks of weaknesses. It makes us weak also to permit us to depend on him and not to become independent beings. The duty then as a church that has the spirit is not to be in fear, is not to live without hope. On the contrary, the responsibility of us, the children of God, is to pray, is to appropriate the truth and speak of it about what that God will provide manna to those that are without a job church if you're losing your job if your finances are starting to get lower or they started today let me tell you that God is going to do something wonderful and supernatural so that you give more glory to him then it's just for you to pray and to cry out in your weakness in your need in your fragility to God with your heart with the prayer that you have and wait that he will work on your favor because he's God and he doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God will provide a way out even if we don't see it. God will rise this humanity, will lift this humanity, I'm convinced, of this agony because of something that God has shown me and I've been able to evaluate it in my years of life is the Crisis in humanity has always been a lot, but society has always come and forth. And it's by the grace of God and that the church will prevail. Whatever may happen, the church will prevail from ancient times. The church 2000 years ago, if something the church has done is that has prevailed in the midst of everything, in the midst of peace or war. The church has never stopped advancing. The heavenly reality speaks to me that we have a helper. But there's also a purpose. So then we've seen to the moment in this topic of coronavirus, from curse to blessing, we've seen that there's an earthly reality. The earthly reality, the weaknesses of everyone. The earthly reality is the fragility of us. But also the heavenly reality is that we have a helper. But and also in this, we have a purpose. And I want to read... The text in Romans, verse 28 of chapter 8, it says, And we know that all things, read it with me, please. And we know that all things work together (laughs) for what? For good to those who love God. Do you love God? Is a good question. Do you love him? Are you in love with God? Because if you love God, then then all is going to work for good. And when it says all, it's all. Amen? (laughs) Amen. The historical event of the plagues of Egypt was seen under two different perspectives. Listen well. When those plagues came to Egypt, there was two types of vision. A vision of the Egyptians and a vision of the Hebrews. Two perspectives. For the Egyptians, it was that. They were plagues. It affected their livestock, their waters, their health, and even their lives were affected by this. But for the Hebrew people, they were signs, the word says, signs from the hand of God that showed them his power, his supernatural care in the midst of all the plagues and in the way to take them out of that servitude and that oppression that they lived in. The people of God was with the Egyptians and they were there in servitude, the word of God says, it's, they were enslavement. And not only did they have them constructing the cities for Pharaoh, but they had them constructing in with uh, materials that was not adequate to make their lives even more terrible. They were in agony. If you read scripture, it says that God heard the cry of the children of Israel. He heard their cry and their need. What did he hear? The helper that we were speaking of. He heard the need, the profound need of them, their agony. And God worked with and and worked with power with 10 plagues so for the Egyptians of those plagues were plagues but for the Hebrews it was the hand of God to do something new in their lives and even though it's affecting their well then they lived in Egypt in the in Goshen the plagues the plagues didn't fall there where they lived, the Hebrews, there in Goshen, while they were there as a people, there was going to be a divine protection for them. But they were affected in what? In that they saw, they saw step by step all the things that the plagues were doing. That's why they were witness to this, of the chaos, of the chaos that happened in that world. The desperation of all. So then in this, in this purpose... We have to see that we who love God, all things work for good. And behind this, this coronavirus or whatever situation, because today could be coronavirus. But there's been other things, church. There's cancer every day. There's hepatitis every day. There's accidents every day. And that is a reality for every human being. What happens is that that in this we see ourselves threatened, all of us, but curiously that if this doesn't happen to us, we can't then become indifferent to those that find themselves in a different tribulation. So before this, there's an opportunity to see things of a divine perspective, not only of the earthly perspective, this coronavirus from the natural perspective is going to look like a plague. How do we see it? Like death, like pain, fear. A chaos, scarcity, it affects affects everyone, even the believers. But there has to be a purpose, a heavenly purpose throughout and behind everything. From the spiritual perspective, we have to see a sign, not like a plague. Because we of us that love God, what does it say? All things work together for good. And I want to look, at least, (laughs) to say some things. The purpose life, look the majority of the people now appreciate their life more than ever the majority of the people today are paying so much attention to their health before they wouldn't even care about a cough but now they do they're paying attention today are taking care of themselves in the whole city in a cosmopolitan city you could see in the internet and you could see that they're empty because they're giving a value to life a value to life The one who was tired of their job now has uh, free time. Many that were tired of uh, working and they were complaining of the job they had. Now they don't have it. And you know what's going to happen? they're going to start desiring it. The person who lost their job that didn't want it is going to start praying in a way, saying, Lord, forgive me because I didn't appreciate what was sustaining me. And they're going to start loving that boss and start loving that business and start valori- valuing that job. That's what could happen. I want to see all of this. Of the perspective that God has a higher purpose that of us of getting into a chaos of fear, but better yet to give value to the things, those who could not go on a vacation because they didn't have time because the, now they have it. The one who was a slave to their job, a slave to their business. Now they're free. Glory to God. The father who didn't have time for his children And it hurt them so much because they didn't have the opportunity. Now you do have the opportunity now to be with your children. And the children that cried for the absence of their parents all the time out with their jobs and and to go buy more and to buy more and more responsibilities. Now today, they have their parents there. There was no time to fix things at home. Now there is. There was no time to read the Bible or maybe other books. Well, now there's time. I don't know about you, but allow me. This word brings hope to me those of us that love god that all things work together for good this word gives me hope that i'm not that that i'm not abandoned because i have a helper the holy spirit that dwells within me knows my needs and my prayers and in my prayer as a child my prayer without eloquence or with eloquence however it, he translates it correctly to god this word brings me Hope to understand that in the midst, that I'm not going to give credit to Satan. I'm going to give credit to God in this world crisis. I'm going to give Christ. Uh, I'm going to give the credit to God who has control of everything. That He doesn't let a leaf turn fall of a tree if He doesn't give it authority. God that has dominion and God who could provide. Church, it's necessary that we go through fire to see who are the approved. Scripture says. Allow me to speak of an example for you. My electronic device, one of them, at times becomes ineffective and it becomes slow. And I write and it takes a while to be able to to write. And one moment it lets everything go. And the moment it doesn't go from one page to another, it gets damaged. And I notice that I have to do something. I have to reboot it. I have to turn it off, the uh, and then and I let it for a while so that it can be rebooted or reset, so that it can be rebooted. And why do I have to do it? Because it's not functioning. And why is it not functioning? Because it has a lot of information. Because it has a lot of files. Because I put down a new program that has to get updated. But when I start to re- reboot it. It takes life again, right? And let me, this parallelism, if you can understand, our society that includes the church has become to an extreme, like I have come to extreme with this uh, device. Our society becomes, nothing satisfies humans, nothing satisfies the children, nothing satisfies the people in their homes. Our society becomes a slave to work, to entertainment, to consumption, to eagerness, our society, in many, becomes slaves to many occupations, leading it to become selfish, indolent, superficial, making it often lose the details, to lose the things that are valuable or truly important. Therefore, our society needs to be rebooted. I have to reboot this every now and again, so that it corrects, that it works correctly, and it's something that I see in coronavirus. God put a, a world stop like never before. Let me see. I've been informed. I went in and I looked at everything good and bad about coronavirus. And I want to bring some results that I found and so many that are good. The carbon dioxide emissions decreased worldwide. That that was dark. <clears throat> and then they became white. And then they turned kind of brown. And then like a... a, a, a a dark cloud of carbon dioxide on a worldwide level, it decreased like never before. The skies are clean like never before. The earth went so you got understand it. It breathed the globe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The visual contamination and noise pollution has decreased in record levels. Violence and homicides have decreased. In all places of the world, in all places of the world, the canals so you could see and look in your devices, the canals of Venice in Italy are crystal clear and you could see fish and even dolphins. When have you seen that? Today you could find this. How the Italians are happy seeing that. Social behaviors have been reinvented. And when I say social behaviors that have been reinvented is because there in Italy, there's some shots of the people in buildings with Balkans, balconies and, and the people are speaking, dialoguing from window to window to their neighbors that they didn't greet the neighbors from here and there. One puts music and the other starts to dance to that music. Another one starts a game and they respond. So they reinvented the social behavior because the people were too occupied in their devices, too in their own lives. And this situation has made them come out the best as a person. Also, there's a blessing from curse to blessing this society has reset or rebooted itself the people have become more sensitive now everybody wants to help in science and medicine is being shared like never before and the people are sleeping and, and resting in years they were not able tell me if what if it didn't happen what my device happens when I turn it off and I reboot it in all this crisis I see a blessing I'm not going to stay with the curse. I don't know about you, church, but I'm going to stay with the blessing that behind all of this, I see the mighty hand of God doing something in favor of humanity. And to speak and to touch that neurological part that God is saying, depend on me and all that you need, because this is not about the strongest one, but that God has mercy. Allow me to conclude. Dear listener, for you, these words are, do you have the Holy Spirit within your being? Have you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or do you think you can still govern yourself? Will you continue to place your trust in everything that is vulnerable and can change in an instant? As so much has changed in this day, as today everything has finished or so much has ended. If you don't have God in your heart, if you haven't opened your heart to God, then today is the moment so that you accept Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and savior. And then the helper that the Bible describes in Romans, that the Holy spirit can dwell within you and your needs and your w- emotional weakness or thought of life. That spirit, that Holy spirit can take it in the correct way before God, the father today, You can have the helper within you if you only accept and understand that first that you're a sinner and that you need someone to help you to a mediator. And that mediator is named Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for sins of humanity. Do you know, dear listener and all those that are here today, something that is wonderful that is happening with the gospel I've had the opportunity to speak of Christ Jesus in this week. I've had the opportunity to speak so much of him because the people, my companions, my friends that are unbelievers, they ask me because they have me as a respectable person and a person of honor by the word that ratifies me. And they ask me questions and they say, Pastor or Frank or Walter or what do I do? And I say, and I have the opportunity to speak to them of the wonderful God, of the mighty God that forgives sins, the wonderful God that extends love and forgiveness of sin, the one that brought the gift of salvation, which is Christ Jesus And you, my friend. There where you are. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Because if you haven't, today is the good day to give your life to Christ and to say, Lord, in this true life, I have no control of anything. I want you to be Lord, the owner of my life, and take care of me and everything. No matter what happens, I'm going to be well because you're the owner. And you're going to take away the wrath of God upon me because that's what Christ does. He's Lord, but also Savior for all the believers. This question, Are you? is the anguish greater than hope? Then I invite you. That you reboot yourself. That you stop and think well. Where in these years as Christian have you put your faith? Because maybe today that your God hasn't been Christ. That your God has been your devices, your capacity, your strength, your intellect. And today you could say, Lord, I have been confused. I didn't know that I had idols. Thank you for defeating them. That happened to me. I was a pastor in New York. And as a pastor in New York, I felt happy of being pastor there. Of helping pastor a great church. Very blessed in the financial way. But I didn't notice that I had an idol. And it was the city of New York. And God showed it to me. He showed me certain things in my life. And he says, you have an idol in the city. And when I understood that the city of New York was my idol, I said, Lord, take it out of my heart. I didn't want anyone greater than him in my life. And God took that idol away. And he took that love, that love that I had for New York disappeared. And he allowed me to come to a small place, to Kissimmee. I didn't even know it existed. Let me tell you, if something that God does in crisis is to show us idols that we have. Maybe it's important to reboot ourselves, to be able to take that correct focus, and to understand that everything depends on God. And as church, our responsibility is to love Him, and the opportunity to seek Him, and my opportunity and responsibility is to speak of Him, of the Helper, And that he brings hope. As a church, I invite you. That you lift up a banner of hope. And stop lifting up a banner of fear. And as a church, that you lift a banner of prudence. But lower the banner of fear. Because God will lift us. Receive this word and allow me to pray. Good God, we give you thanks in this moment. And by your blessed Lord, word that today... You have us receive. You give us the grace to have it and take it. Thank you, God, the Father, for everything, for all the situations. Thank you for Christ Jesus that you have given as a gift of salvation to all that person that believes. Thank you for your spirit that starts to dwell in us as a our helper, as our comforter, and helps us in our weaknesses. Thank you, Lord, for the bad of the coronavirus, but also thank you for the good that comes out of that, Lord. Thank you, O God, for the promises of blessing that you will never leave us, that you will always sustain us with your righteous hand. Thank you, Lord, for the divine healing. And today we cry out for it, for the medicine, send medicine to the land, Lord, to humanity. We ask this by your mercy today. We ask that you bring healing. I ask you today, and we ask you as a church, that you bless this land. And that in this situation, you call those that are going to be saved, Lord. And I ask you that the church, that we be what the word says, that we are light in the midst of darkness, salt on this earth, and that we lift a banner of hope, a banner of blessing, a banner of prudence, and we lower the. Banner of fear and chaos in the name of Jesus. May God bless you, my beloved brother and sister, my beloved listener. I pray that you accept Jesus Christ as your uh, Lord and Savior there where you are in your home. You could say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Write my name in the book of life and of the Lamb and say that you want him to take control of your being of all your life. And if you do it there privately and you do it from your heart then believe this will happen. He will enter in you and he will make you a new person. He's going to reboot your life. It's called a new birth. May God bless you. May God bless everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida.
2: We
1: hope this message has edified you and please share with others.